Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One day in the pub, Seb and Verity were socializing with hilarity. They knew there and then that their options were vast. They bought some equipment and made a podcast. What do you think you are doing, you twits? It's cliched and obvious, you know. If this doesn't work well, then we'll call it quits. But right now, just listen to our show. Welcome to another episode of Three in a Bar. My name is Seb Philpot. And my name is Verity Simmons. Yep, it still is. And um, we've got a very exciting guest for you this morning or this afternoon or whenever it whenever is. Whenever you're listening. You're listening. <laughs> it's not you even, listen when you want. It's not even the morning now. I don't know why I said that. Um, but uh, Tell us, Seb, who I'll is tell it? You, yeah, uh, trombone player, Chris Augustine. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Now, uh, Chris Augustine, he is currently, uh, I think he's got plans of continuing this. Uh, he's in the Welsh National Opera as sub-principal trombone. And he, uh, to give you a little biography, which I'm reading off the internet here, he has a BMUS from Goldsmiths College, an MUS from Trinity Laban Conservatoire, and he spent a postgraduate year at the Royal Academy of Music. Now, prior to joining the WNO, he freelanced with many of London's <laughs> orchestras <laughs> including the london symphony orchestra the royal philharmonic orchestra and chinake chinake has got an exclamation mark in it yeah <laughs> that's why i said it like that um he's charged for positions in the bbc national orchestra of wales and the bbc concert orchestra and in london's west end he's worked on wicked matilda the lion king and everybody's talking about jamie oh He's done it all. He's done it all. That's where I first met him. I think I've met him. Yeah, I met him depping on, on Matilda. Aww. And um, he, I just immediately really liked him. He's yeah. just very friendly, just talks and talks and talks. Oh, which, he's so which great. Is good, which this is, is the thing. first time I met him. And yeah. like, as soon as he walked through the door, it was great, wasn't it? There's just no stopping him. He's got all the chat he's and he's all excellent. so much energy. He's just, yeah. Uh, he's just brings the vibe he's a he, he's one of those people that brings the vibe yeah and we can't ignore the fact fact that he is an extremely um athletic fit gentleman isn't he, he really is he's yeah got an incredible physique he's an adonis yeah uh, he does he does crossfit he yeah does it every day yeah pretty much maybe he has a day off a week but he's a very uh disciplined guy he, he works hard at, at what he does and and I've always found that really inspiring. So we talk about that 
and we just talk about his kind of ideas yeah. of uh, mus- musicality and uh, where he's come from and where he's going to go to maybe <laughs> uh so uh here we are we, we we've just recorded the interview with him now we, we're doing this in person yeah in, it's in all very fresh so yeah he came down to my my flat in in catford thanks so much to chris for that um and um yeah here we go this is the chat we had with chris augustine <laughs> pull it in the fridge to keep for monday because it will freeze over the house is bloody 30 degrees so i can't do it so i've got to do it tomorrow morning now for my sister oh, <laughs> i like that background noise. That's excellent <laughs> so that was really I'll chatty the then it was like, no don't turn the sound off dad well you're on that <laughs> she'll self-soothe yeah she's so good she she should nap now nap well we don't usually put her to it this early but she should nap for about two and a half hours. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Honestly, this did not happen with my boys. No. It just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Even now, this morning, four o'clock in the morning, I need to go down to the toilet, please. Will you come with me? What? Yeah, four o'clock in the morning. You have to go with them? Yeah, because... Is it an outside like, toilet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. he has to go knock on the neighbour's door. Um, yeah, it's, he just got, he'd had a nightmare about a shark. So I had to go with him to the toilet this morning. Oh. I know. <laughs> this is great coffee. Thanks. Yeah. What is it? Mm, it's, uh, I don't know. It's something from co-op, I think. Or, mm. or There's no business. scum. Well, I, I, I try my best, you know, when I make my coffee to, to avoid scum. There's uh, no scum in the cup, but you're you know what? You know it. what? <laughs> I've got this just coffee machine. Like, it's mm. a drip one, but it mm. you kind of, it just pours through. Um, mm. But it has a, a button that says calc, you know, calc. Mm. Like basically, after a certain number of times, it means you have to clean it out, and mm. that light's been on for about six months. So oh, really? um, that's probably why it tastes so so good. Uh, <laughs> I, think I could, I don't know, probably not. Well, it I'm ne- enjoying it. It all needs the more to clean, <laughs> um, but I think once I clean that, it's one of my projects for um, for this weekend. Very good. Know, Being an amazing dad, obviously. Oh, I'm trying my best. Fantastic you know. husband. You are married. Yes. Yeah. Okay. When I'm, did you get married? I got married three longer than that isn't it three years ago three yeah it was august 2017 yeah, okay. which uh yeah i suppose it's weird thinking about time like because it's like this year's gone so fast so yeah. i can't believe it's three years but that's not i mean it's not that long some people have been married for 50 years yeah not, didn't mean to look at you <laughs> like, sorry. thanks yeah not quite 50 years nigh on <laughs> uh, 11 though 11 years 11 years quite, yeah oh time, that's yeah. fantastic yeah uh um tell chris about my mug oh yeah can you guess who used to own this mug should i try and act it out like i'm that person yeah i won't be able to uh maybe mufasa (laughs) rafiki (laughs) wouldn't that be great i did sort of get that vibe then no it's not i I can't act it out which um which at which season are you are you in of this uh, well i'm just thinking where she got she got like uh power her power. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's that got her power. She's got a power. She got a power. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica Jones. Oh, no. No, so we're not going that, that way. Um, uh, uh, what else can I do? I've never seen that show, but... Uh, oh, Is that good? I like that. Wonder Woman. now. Wonder Woman. Oh, thanks. <laughs> no. Verity's uh, waving her arms up in the air. Um, <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. Can't really explain what... Uh, well, well, I'll tell you who it is. It used to belong to... 
Daenerys Targaryen. No <gasps> way. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> shut the front door. Yeah. It actually used to belong to her. Yeah. Well, actually, the actor who plays her, Amelia Clark. Yeah. Um, she's beautiful. She is. Mm-hmm. Very, very, even for me as well. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Blimey. me. <laughs> um, yeah, her, her lips have, have been around that mug. So. I can't believe I'm allowed to hold it. I how really did you get? How did you acquire it? Well, I'll tell you a story. Um, I've got a friend called Sheba Anvari. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. used to play the viola, but now she's a fantastic chef. Mm-hmm. And she was doing this um, sort of kind of trial bit of work for Amelia Clark when she was working on Solo. Okay. Film about Han Solo. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Amelia Clark was just trialing out a few different people and then not really ever giving anyone the actual job. But she used to get, uh, she doesn't, Amelia Clark doesn't come up very well in this. She's like, her mum would be her, she's not going to listen to this. We're no, not going to get her on, are we? She, no. well, she didn't play an instrument, did she? Um, <laughs> it doesn't like she's the sort of person who'd want to come on no. necessarily. <laughs> um, her mum would sort of be in charge, like, you know, texting out all the, to the chef. But she'd say, oh, we need, um, she needs kumquats in the morning at like 11 at night and <laughs> and she'd have her breakfast at like 4am because she had to go into costume and makeup so then she was like oh, i've got to get bloody kumquats now mm. how am i going to do that so she was a bit demanding but anyway at some point she said to her uh do you want this mug i don't want it and then she gave it to us and then we've got the mug i really like it and it looks a bit like a dragon egg I yeah think. it does That's actually it. yeah it's quite yeah. Bulbous. yeah. It's and it looks quite rustic as well which yeah. i kind of like it's blue and mm. kind of gold Every time mm. I pick it up, I'm grabbing it so tightly because I'm just terrified of smashing it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris, would you repeat what you said you had for your breakfast this morning? Because I think this links, does this link in with your amazing fitness regime? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so normally what I have for breakfast is a big bowl of porridge with chia seeds mm. um, and then some almonds with a banana and some cinnamon. And then on top of that, I have a good bowl of grapes, blackberries, raspberries and um blueberries so that's one uh and then i have four boiled eggs on the side um as well so that's but that's normally a post workout breakfast that i have Mm. um so i kind of i'm up at five ten past five now because the gym's moved a bit uh, further away uh, out of by quarter to six uh, and then i do two hours at the gym from six until eight so i do co- crossfit car- class from six until seven yeah um so crossfit's like high intensity interval training mixed with olympic lifting mixed with gymnastics um uh, mixed in with strength and conditioning and then i do my own separate thing. so that's in the class yeah okay, with, with, with equal amount of girls and guys because it's it's good to get that balance in the morning and lots of crazy people i mean who, <laughs> want, who wants to be in a gym at six Six o'clock in the morning. I mean, crazy people. Come on. Um, and then from seven until eight, I do my own bodybuilding. So I'm on a little program oh. um, uh, as well. Um, so each day is a different day. So we have six days of bodybuilding. So it's um, it's legs, then it's back, then it's shoulders, then it's chest, then it's biceps. Oh, that's five days. I think I just add an extra day with, mm. if I'm doing it. Yeah, why not? It doesn't sound like you're doing enough. No, yeah, yeah exactly. No. But this weekend in London, um, because of the rehearsal schedule and because of the pressure of it, I, I'm not doing any exercise. So I, I did exercise from Sunday to Friday last week. And then I'm having three days off yeah. just because yeah. I really need to be in the zone for this. It's yeah. really hard music that I'm doing. 
Yeah, I mean, how do you feel physically when you don't do it, though? Does it feel So weird? I do feel lethargic in the mornings, yeah. that's the thing. And I, I have to use certain things. So I don't even normally drink coffee before a workout yeah. or eat cake. It's a lovely cake uh, that Seb <laughs> has, uh, has has made, his beautiful wife. Um, but I need something to lift me up because after you, you're, get, you're in the workout, you're kind of running around and you're working as hard as you can, you get all the endorphins keep you going for the rest of the day that positive energy which is really really good but unfortunately i can't do it this weekend so um i just feel a bit uh, so hence the reason why i'm a bit late today because it just it just oh i just i just take so long doing anything everything that's all right and you got your hair cut this morning got my hair cut this morning very good it was already colored so we're just keeping it there because you can see the roots are coming through again yeah Um, but you've got it because my hair's so short you can't color it too much otherwise you'll burn your skin um so it's just shaped ready for tomorrow's uh performance which was going to be recorded video recorded as well you're looking really smart and it's putting me today i feel utterly i feel like pauline fowler to be honest (laughs) 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 the hair is lank the clothes are you look beautiful my darling golden and regal i love it love it excellent i'll stick with that thanks so um how has this project been this this weekend with chinake Yes. Oh God, I didn't mean to, no, to no, change the energy. This like. is so good because I, I, I must say I don't know what I'm doing here. By the way, like I'm just going to speak. Perfect. Uh, great. <laughs> so um, it's been very good, and it's lovely to be able to play with a full orchestra. Um, my orchestra are quite, not quite there yet. I play for the Welsh National Opera. Yeah. We had our first rehearsal after seven months to the day. Um, as just a quintet, a brass quintet oh. on Thursday, oh. so just the day before I came here. So it's actually nice coming to London and playing with a full orchestra with some some really nice music mm. uh, as well. I just forget how hard it is playing symphonic music, tone yes. poems and things like that. In the opera, and I kid you not, this is not an exaggeration, you'll be like, right, okay, three minutes, overture, trombones, rest for half an hour. <laughs> yeah. And then, okay, right, so, okay, she's dying. Okay, right. Ah, she's dying. Oh, she's in love and rest. So it's it's kind of on and off in the opera. I can yeah. just switch off. But here, um, doing Chinike, which is a great um, opportunity to do, um, I've got to be on the whole time. And mm-hmm. it's particularly challenging music for me anyway, because it's quite high and it's quite low and you've got to nail it because it's going to be live on the radio tomorrow as well. Oh. Yeah. Live. What are you, what are you yeah. playing? Actually? Good question. <laughs> so I'm going to name it as it comes to my head. We're playing a uh, uh, transcription of Samuel Coleridge Taylor's uh, piano pieces. Um, forget oh, their name. Wow. So that's one of those. Yeah. And then we're doing um, another piece, which I can't remember either, um, all by Samuel Coleridge Taylor. Yeah. And then we're doing a new work by James B. Wilson, mm-hmm. Um uh, it's called it's a piece called Remnants, which is for orchestra and poet. Oh wow! Um, so he says oh, right. a lots of uh, lines, but in a like a po- kind of in a poet poetic way, yeah. uh, which is very very. That's a very good piece. I really enjoy it. It's it's challenging, but and it's contemporary, but also contemporary with the ideas or the things that are going on right now. Yeah, we're also doing F- Florence Price's piano concerto in one movement. Um, and then we're ending on Beethoven 5. Wow. Ah. So cool. I don't know Beethoven 5. All I know is... 
do, do, do. And that's it. And I'm, I'm being serious. You that's know, all you need to know. And that's, that's, that's it. But actually, so the trombones don't play anything until the last movement. And it's really high, it's really hard, yeah. and it's really loud. And that's, that's the thing that I'm struggling with is the waiting uh, as well. So I've not actually heard this piece in its entirety yet. I, I know the fourth movement now because we played it and we've rehearsed it. I love yeah. that fourth movement. Isn't it cool? It is so good. good, yes. It is yeah. It is really, really good. Very uplifting. At, at going into it from the end of the third movement, yes. where it builds and builds and builds. <laughs> you come in like two <laughs> bars before the end, right? Uh, right at the beginning. Yeah. No, right at the beginning of the fourth movement. But oh, just okay. lead straight Maybe into the it. it's coming a little bit early or something just yeah. to lead it into it. And then the trombone. Apparently, it's like one of the first ever times a trombone was used in the symphony. Orchestra. Now, I have some. Uh, oh, oh, oh. oh, my God. Back checking. Right. So I'm going to try and do this in like two minutes because I, I know I can talk. So just talk. Stop me to talk. So the first time, <laughs> apparently, the yeah. first time. Because I had, I had to double check this. Now, I thought Brahms is af- was after, is after, was after Beethoven. I, I'm pre- I thought so too. Is yeah. that not the case? So there seems to be an overlap, yeah. which I haven't checked on my phone yet, because I keep saying I'm going to do it, of either Beethoven 5 and, and Brahms 1. Oh, right. Right, now, the first time I got told this on Friday by Ian Bowsfield in his masterclass, the trombones were used in a symphonic setting that's not related to um, uh, masses or any sort of religious stuff, was Brahms 1. Ah. Right. Okay. Now... When we come in, it goes da 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 da. So that's the first time. Yeah. Then Mahler uses that same theme at the beginning of his third symphony. Um, obviously, a couple of decades a bit later, um, as the opening um, of of the of the uh, of the, the third symphony, and that's why it's a big trombone solo. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. So I. I was told this was literally on Friday as I was driving to London in the masterclass listening to some of my students. That's what he said. Now, I I, 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 I had to double check that because I thought Brahms was after Beethoven, so I'm not too sure. But um, the use of the trombones, as he says, is that in the German Bible, it's supposed to be used, the, the trombone will sound rather than the trumpet will sound. Oh, okay. um, but we all go by the King James Bible and whoever translated that says the trumpet. So that's why the trombones were only used really in uh, religious music or um, to kind of conjure up some sort of kind of ethereal sort of thing. For instance, in, um, in Don Giovanni, yeah. um, yes. sort of Mozart. Um, that's a great moment. You know, yes. and it's, it's kind of like ominous sort of thing. It's when, so, the, when the, like the, the ghost of Don Giovanni comes back. Yes. That's when your trombones come yeah. in, isn't it? And that's another nerve wracking. I've done that as well. And you just yeah. sit in there and it's cold oh. and everything stops and you've got to play a nice chorale-ish sort of thing. And it's, yeah. it's oh, a bit right. difficult. But I'm going to double check that though. I, yeah. I think Beethoven is obviously before and... I feel like I saw it on, on some social media the other day. I think one of the orchestras, it was maybe LPO or someone put mm-hmm. a clip up and they said, this was the first ever time that the trombones were ever used in a symphony. And then people were like, mm, actually, that's not true. And I think there was some like very lesser known, much lesser known composer. Oh, okay, I see. That, that was like 
a year earlier or something like that. Oh, I see. Um, That's why I'm not an ac- academic because I can't no. do data. Oh, I thought oh. you sold that very well. Yeah. Well. I was going along with it completely. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, uh, hang on. So you, you said you were driving while in a masterclass. Yes. Yeah, so it was on. It was in driver safe mode. Yeah. So um, uh, so Ian Bowsfield was Ian Bowsfield was given a masterclass at the Royal Welsh College of Music, right. where I teach, um, and he uh, he did um, live masterclass where the students had to submit um, a video and he would talk about it. So I just had it playing through my, it wasn't, when I say a masterclass, it was just a video recording, but I was just listening to the audio and he would um, talk about that person's playing and demonstrate things he'd do better or like technical flaws that you had or musical ideas that he would do um, as well. So I listened to, he had a a, a recital at one o'clock. Um, which was um, available. So I listened to that. And then I listened to that masterclass um, all the way, which got me literally, I left exactly at one o'clock on Friday and I got exactly to my mum's house at quarter past five um, as well. Well, no, but that took (laughs) four hours in the car. I know, but I know that route because I live in East London as well. And my family are in Cornwall. Uh, And that first first bit. bit, Yes. Headache, isn't it, it is an absolute headache. Oh. I don't like the M25. I don't think the M25 likes me either, no, to be honest. me neither. And I remember going coming down to Cardiff to, at the end of last year, back in mm. the days when we got to play all the time, yeah. and doing a <laughs> Les Mis in Cardiff, and oh, okay. driving back from there. And it is so long, isn't it, Les Mis? It is, yeah. And, then, and one day that I was on, the barricades got set fire too, so it was even longer. Oh, yeah, no, I know. It was so yeah, it was so exciting. It all stopped, I thought. It was like my first step, I think, on the show and I was like is it me if I stop the show what the hell did I do uh, and yeah but that night like getting back so late yeah really and I've done the, I've, uh, the opera's obviously finished quite it starts earlier like seven o'clock or sometimes half six and finish finishes at uh, well they can't they're not allowed to, well they can do but we get overtime yeah. if it goes past 10 30 yeah um and I've gotten in the car at quarter to 11 I'm like right off to London I go and that's when they close all the roads yeah. oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's a di- di- diversion diversion go up diversion. to Oxford I go, oh, exactly the Cotswolds yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like yeah I'd love to go yeah, yeah. the scenic group what can I I just see darkness <laughs> yeah, I just exactly. see darkness <laughs> <laughs> I just so yeah I, I, yeah it's oh, not great you must be doing all. that trip all the time though well, in normal times so I did it for two years yeah mm. every Sunday I'd come to stay at my mum's house yeah. and then I'd do some teaching at the school I used to teach in, in East London, St. Helens Catholic Primary School. And then maybe two times or three times in a, in a month, I'd do a show, um, either Wicked or Matilda, um, in the evening. Right. I, I'll, just, I'll just say, these are my availabilities and they'll, they'll make it work. Mm. And that, that, that was hard. And it just, it, that fell to pieces because like, it was such a huge uh, stress on the brain yeah it wasn't to do with the playing it wasn't to do with the teaching it's just a sheer amount what's well, 400 miles yes. round trip oh. you know and then you finish teaching just after five and then you're driving into town and just driving into town is an hour and 15 minutes mm. yeah and then you know then i have to sit and wait on the yellow line for six thirty to come so i was always on time for that one at least yeah um <laughs> so you know set the light, yellow line till six six thirty, and then get something to eat do a proper good warm up and then um, and then play. So it, I don't do that anymore now. It was too much. It is too much to go back and forth every week. I don't know how people yeah. do it. So are you settled into Cardiff lifestyle now? So this lockdown has settled me in. Right. Ah. I'm yeah. going to say it that way. It's taken quite a while. I think what's happened really with me is that I my three years away that normally people go to their university 
I did that with going to Wales. So I stayed in London right up until I was 29, from primary school, secondary school, sixth form, into university, into Trinity, into the Royal Academy. So I was in education up until I was 25, Mm. and then freelance mm. I didn't go away for three years I didn't have the experience of exploring myself who I am yeah. and what I want and I think these three years because I've been in Wales now as of next month um three years has actually done that for me so I now feel settled mm. um right so uh I actually now this is very I this is um I I don't want to offend anybody but I don't mind if Christmas is cancelled yeah because I think I just want to stay at home by myself, get get my mulled wine going at nine o'clock in the morning, <laughs> be in my boxes, don't have a wash, and like make my own little spread and like drink, 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 pass out, eat, drink, 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 pass out, eat, and watch television sort of thing. I kind of, I'm now ready to spend time with myself. And I think you asked me last uh, going back and forth to Wales yeah. I think there was an element of that is that oh I'll go and see that friend on a Sunday when I get there or oh I haven't got a show tonight I'll just pop into so and so for dinner I- I'll just tell them I'm coming for dinner and they will yeah. make me food <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then we'll have a catch up and then leave at like 10 o'clock yeah. sort of thing so um uh, I I am very settled, oh. uh, and this lockdown has shown me that I can be by myself, and I've loved lockdown. I get to do lots of things. I get to I get to go to the, go to the gym. Um, we got lots of bits of equipment at home. Yeah. Um, we sorry, I took some from the gym, which you put a deposit down, and I was doing work at home. Oh. Um, I got to play the harp, so I'm practicing. I've started. Oh, I play the what? harp. No, no, I started two and a half years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, learning it, and I've absolutely love it. Oh, you're so, so Welsh. So so I'm the, yeah. That's the only Welsh thing I, I can't speak the language. I don't like rugby. Well, I like the rugby for the wrong reasons, obviously. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but um, I'm not, nothing that I've started doing some baking. Well, I do baking a lot, but I've started yeah. baking some Welsh things, oh. i.e., a barrel breath. And the next stop is a Welsh cake. Um, so the only thing I do yeah. is I, I can literally wake up, do my gym stuff, have breakfast, two hours of the harp, you know, making beautiful music, yeah. and then have lunch and then a bit, you know, another hour or two on the harp, and then the evening's all mine. Mine oh, and idyllic, so, doesn't I was it? gonna say the same word, idyllic. Oh, Beautiful. What a lovely lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> to come and move down with you. <laughs> London is amazing though, isn't it? Yeah. There's so much here. Oh, That's yeah. what's great. But you so you, were you born in East Ham? Right? I was born in East Ham, East yeah. London. Yeah. Um and I was raised there. Um I say East Ham, I was born in Upton Park because we yeah, we lived just behind the station before yeah. and there, but around that area. My, so my dad was born in East Ham, he's from there. He's born Henneke yeah. Gardens. And like. So that and I kid you not, yeah. is a three minute walk from my house. I live in Hathley wow. Gardens and Henneke is uh, one, two, three, the third right before um, number eighty seven, where my mum lives. So literally yeah. three minute walk. That is amazing. Aww. Yeah. Okay. It's Central Park is there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Central Park is really, nice really nice. That's really nice. That's changed quite a bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's a nice area. But once again, when I was driving back on Friday, yeah. you just look at the rubbish on the floor, on the roads mm-hmm. and just just a disrespectfulness of people I eat when you're driving, when you're walking. Yeah. Um uh, as well. And for Wales, the people are very, very friendly and mm. it's a bit more courteous and it's just very clean as well. Yeah. Um and I'm a, I am an absolute clean freak. Um uh, so I'm use another word, but I probably shouldn't use that word. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so that, it's just a shame that things have gone that way. And yeah. it's it's been really overdeveloped. Canning Town Station 
you just it's just loads of it's higher crazy, it's isn't really it? yeah. crazy i don't know how i feel no i do know how i feel about a lie i think it's too much i think they're trying yeah. to gentrify the, the place and then obviously those workers that work in the city are having these one bedroom flats because they're mm. working like you know Oh, this is an assumption. They're working from dusk until dawn because they mm. want to do really well. These are young professionals yeah. and therefore pushing the prices up of those places oh, definitely. per square foot, but going upwards. Um, and then it means that other people around there can't afford to live there anymore if they're renting because they've got to, 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 to yeah. pay higher rent and higher fees and higher council tax yeah. as well. It's just not the same anymore. No. So. I mean, because I'm a West Ham fan, so I used to have a season ticket for a few years and oh, okay. go along to... to uh, Upton Park or... Yeah, the, Upton Park, yeah. the bowling okay. ground. Yeah. It was great, and we'd we'd always go for for pints in the local pubs, and, and yeah. go for pie and mash and all that yeah. kind of thing. And like, it's just so sad that that that's still been knocked down and it's been turned into flats. Yes, everything's yeah. been turned into flats, and just the, all those local businesses. Yeah, I mean that that's got to have affected them so much. That, well, yeah, yeah, the local businesses is, is different there because it's, it's a high Asian area and a high yeah. and a high um, black area. So it's it's great for the. Lo- I think that's really really good that there's they've got like a little niche for what they have there as well so that's that's really yeah, good but yeah. then there are it you know if you can't afford to be there then lots of things are just turning into flats literally yeah. just any sort of uh, uh, a kind of building that's there in between you know a chip shop or yeah uh, whatever is just turning into flats and it's just not the best no yeah it's such a shame it sort of t- rips communities apart really doesn't it well and yeah right but you were saying when you were asking me earlier about where I was living in East London, I felt like that effect where you move out and out and out, you're priced out of each area. Yeah. So you just keep going, mm-hmm. keep going. Because, yeah, as soon as, like, the gentrification thing, you just can't. Like, it's so sad. And it's so sad when it's people with families who are... Who are moving out. Home. But I don't know. I, I don't think this is definitely a place I'm going to live when I'm... Uh, uh, when I'm older, as I said, yeah. uh, it's very earlier. You know, I think when when I retire, I think I'm just going to move to Cornwall because mm. I really like Cornwall. Um, yes. And <laughs> yeah, I'm not a people's person. I realise, so I just want my little place, uh, like a tiny place with some fields, no animals. I don't like animals, um, <laughs> and just like have my harp and just play music and just be by myself, sort of thing. Because that's what I think I want. Just you're going to fit in in Cornwall so well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, you go down there quite a lot with with Emma Bassett. I go there right? every year. So this year supposedly was going to be the first year I haven't been down. So we did plan to go around down for August for Emma's dad's sixtieth. Emma's my best friend, by the way, everybody. Yeah. Um, and uh, like we, uh, that didn't happen because of lockdown. So that was in August. So uh, I've booked a holiday home down for me and my mum to for, to spend christmas there because my sister's partner's family live down there and are from there so we're going to spend christmas there so hopefully this won't be the first year that i don't go to cordwell mm-hmm. because i've been going for the last eight years Aww. no nine years sorry nine years wow so the first time was emma's 21st birthday and um, we went down there for the weekend as uh, so when i go every year and i love cornwall it is absolutely very very beautiful there well, yeah. moving to wales and that is similar in many ways do you find that mm. oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> dismiss that myth I there, no way. <laughs> because i live just outside the metropolis it is like living in the city oh, i mean okay. i don't live in cardiff i just say I live in cardiff because it's easy i live like literally a five minute walk from yeah. cardiff um but it's like being in the city and so you know i'm in a terrace house 
Yeah. Uh, my neighbours are wonderful, actually, because they pull up with my trombone playing. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, it's, it's not the same. I don't live in the countryside right? Um, uh, as well. So, no. But uh, Cardiff has lots to offer, so that's really good. Not as, as much as London. And Cornwall hasn't got as much to offer in terms of amenities and things to do. But this has that beautifulness yeah. of just being there sort of no, thing. Absolutely. So, mm, yeah, yeah. It's very different. Very different. <laughs> and we have to say, I have to put it on the air, literally, uh, you know, Cornwall is another country. Okay, oh, so it is. Oh. yes, yes. Do you see that rain Cornish I do today? see that, yes. Yeah. Black and gold. Hmm? I know oh. this isn't strictly. Is it? But is yeah. That Cornish yeah, Cornish black. I thought That's it was white right. and gold. White and black. Uh no, no. What's the, black the black square the black cross? Oh and... yeah, oh yeah. But if you look at like like their their oh. team. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, I see. Yeah. All the scarves. Black yeah. and gold. Black Here and it gold. is, yeah. Black and yellow. Black and yellow. It's like your hair is sort like of my, uh, Yes, yeah, so oh, I was going to go you. blonde, but I think I'm going to stay with this one here. That's um, nice. Uh, as well. I kind of like it. Just something different. I kind of came out of lockdown, or we came out of lockdown uh, on the, t- t- the end of July, or in the middle of July, and I was yeah. like, right, I want something different. Something different. <laughs> and I'm just, I just went for it, and I love it. So, That's uh, great. Yeah. Um, something a bit different, which is, uh, I think it's always good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so what, what what should we talk about? Oh, well, I know what so I many... wanted to ask you yeah. about, recorder playing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, because wow. you, you're not like the bog standard, <laughs> learn the Skyboat song, I'm done with this <laughs> yeah. person. Are you, you, you can actually play this. How did you know that? Oh, I've been doing some digging. <laughs> 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 and it's creepy, isn't it? We thoroughly <laughs> research every, every guest on yeah. this. Oh, okay, that's very good. Okay, oh God, I'm blushing now. I can see that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so the recorder, I love the recorder. Um, I started recording when I was seven. My mum put me on the piano waiting list at seven. So they said, oh. in the meanwhile, in the meantime, do the recorder. So I did the recorder. Um, I loved that the best teacher, um, Miss Beaver, Sharon Beaver, first teacher, yeah. amazing. Um, and then I started the piano when I was nine, piano when I was nine, continue with the recorder, because the whole point was doing the recorder to start the piano so right. you have a musical foundation. Because I, I don't come from a musical family, so but I continue going. Yeah. Then I did my grade eight when I was 13, which was still to this day the highest. I'm, I am, I'm, I'm boasting a lot because there's a reason. I'll tell you the reason why. There's the highest mark I ever got in my um, any exams. I've got 142 out of wow, 150 that's really at good. 13 on the grade eight recorder. Now, everyone thinks, oh, the recorder is easy. It really is very easy to play. Um, and uh, I, I loved it. And... Um, <laughs> My teacher that I had... There was a but there. Like, there there was a there but. Was, yeah. So the but is, um, I had a teacher. Her name was Becky Searle. Uh, she was the best teacher I've had on the recorder. And she, she was wonderful. Yeah. yeah. We were just doing pieces. I was 15 and she was studying at the Guildhall. And uh, she, she, she came in in a huff and a puff. So my lesson was at four o'clock, which means leave school at 3.25, walk two miles to get to my lesson. Um, she came in in a hall of a huff and a puff. She was like, oh... The recorder, it's not going well for me. I've just been unbooked from some work. And I was like, oh, well, it's fine. You'll get more, you know, you'll get more work. No, the recorder's a really challenging instrument to get work for. Um, And she was working for a really prestigious um, group of musicians. I don't really know the name. And she, you know, she was all kind of, throughout the whole lesson. And I I remember this very clearly. She's like, Chris, you need to find another instrument because you're, you know, she said, you're really good at the recorder, but you could be really good, but you're not going to make it if you want to be a professional mu- a musician on it. Um, wow. uh, which, the thing is that I got told that on the piano, which was uh, fine. I got told that. So I was, that's when I picked up the trombone when I was 14. Um, wow. 
so that I remember yeah when I was 14 it's like a year later um, and was I, it that you were drawn to that or did somebody suggest it to someone you? Someone just suggested it to yeah. me because I knew I wanted to be a professional musician and it, yeah. it was right. just be like whatever instrument I could do. Yeah. I wasn't good enough on the piano and now the recorder apparently I'm not good enough to do it. So wow. I just... That's I so interesting that like, like she had a bad day yeah. and then that, she, that made her give you some real rash advice and that made you kind of go, okay, I mean, that's really interesting. It's like it's changed your, your life. Yeah. Your life. So, yeah... Uh, it, it goes on so then she so then the next year she leaves so I start my trombone and she leaves when I'm, yeah. when I'm 15 and it was really sad because she was like she's been in my life since I was 7 hmm. yeah. oh no sorry since I was 8 sorry so it's 8 right up until I was um, 8 or 9 right up until I was 15 so it's like oh gosh she's going hmm. and uh, she's like I'm giving it all up I'm going to become a primary school teacher she's wow. going to follow her husband to Birmingham he got a job I, I was so gobsmacked about it like yeah. the whole thing because I thought she was amazing because yeah. we do concerts together this is back in the day when oh, we teach wow. you to play and do concerts um, so yes yeah, so I did that and I continued doing record I did National Youth Recorders Orchestra Nairo oh, oh my yeah. god so cringe oh my god <laughs> Nairo um, and that was amazing um with some of you know meeting lots of people and that was great and lots of recording ensembles and that was it kind of just died off after i did teach a recorder for a bit and obviously did wider yeah. ops and all that kind of stuff but it was never the same afterwards after she left she had built a culture of recorder consort from sopraninos right up to the great bass like six foot wow. um uh, yeah. recorders and you know we'd uh, oh get in music she built a, such a good um Base of recorder musicians. Which was your favourite one to play? Which... The Sopranino, high and loud. Yeah. <laughs> How big is the Sopranino one? Is uh, like... So I, I'd say it's about five or six inches. Right. So, so like... the desk and recorder is about nine and nine yeah. inches. Yeah. And I think it's about, yeah. Like five. quite a long pen. Yeah, like quite a long pen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we, were talking, we were talking about the recorder in preparation mm. for this. Um, we were, I was talking about the, the Mandalorian. Have you seen that? It's on um, on, no, it's still on my list of things. I'm not a Star Wars person. Star Trek, yes. Okay. I'm not Star Wars. Well, it's, um, the, the theme tune is played on a bass, um, bass recorder. Oh! It's amazing. Oh. Then, Seb just played it to me. It's, it's awesome. so cool. And I was saying, like, I, I'm... The first time I heard it, um, I hadn't really heard a bass recorder knowingly before. Mm -hmm. And it's such a weird thing. I thought maybe it's like an electric guitar with some effects on it. Or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You couldn't tell if it was a wind instrument or, or what. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it's so cool. It's a really cool I'm going to listen to that. Yeah, and I've got Disney Plus on my phone, so I'll do it on yeah, my way yeah. into rehearsal, okay. actually. Yeah, that's good. Um, so um, but, oh, that's so cool that she, I mean, because everyone learned recorder yeah. from our generation. Yeah. Um, but she I, made everyone love it. Yeah, that's really everyone amazing. that played it. So you did your wider ops and stuff, and then she'd hone in on the people that were children that were really good. Yeah, come to the club and pay. Uh, parents are always on board with it because it was always discounted as well. I was very lucky with the music service, new yeah. music service, new yeah. music trust. Sorry, what was her name? Then, uh, her name was Becky Sell. She messaged me and she saw me in Matilda. Uh, I think you, you were actually on. Was I? Uh, yeah, because oh. she had brought her children from her school to watch it down in, um, oh, in cool. from Birmingham down. She started, and she got in contact with MAS and they asked me to give her numbers. Like, yeah, so, and I've always been trying to get in contact to see her because I, I just, I owe her 
so much of my foundation music making yeah um uh, as well so um yeah so uh, I, I, I think she's great Right. That was really interesting. You were saying about her being. We were saying we wondered if there was some person who was really inspirational to you for your trombone playing. But Trombo- actually, it sounds like she was the. She was the foundation, foundation of, of it. The most important person, the most important musician that I, I've ever met as a teacher was Graham Lee. Graham oh. Spencer oh, Lee. Yes. Um, he's the best teacher I've had, the best music teacher I've had, or the instrumental teacher I've had. He he basically made me me wow sort of thing he took me i I was not very good at the trombone um i really wasn't i I went to uh, goldsmiths for for three years yeah and um and then after that i then applied for the first time to all the music colleges in london so Uh, who taught you at goldsmiths a guy named um um um, les lake he was Bass trombonist in yeah. in in the ENO, E-N-O. for forty two and a half years. Yeah. Um, oh, he's a lovely guy. I mean, oh, a few times, yeah. I, my favourite story. He said, "Chris, come and see Carmen." I had seen Carmen already loads of times, and he said, "I'm going to do my exercise." So he walks me up. It was seven twenty five. He walks me up to the gods. Okay, so the top part of the theatre coliseum. And so that's my exercise done for today. He walks back down. <laughs> the A goes. I don't see him because uh, I was right there, and he, the, where the trombone sits, you can always see them because they're the closest. They're facing inwards, not into the audience, but inwards to the orchestra. And he literally sat down, it's Ed Gardner, and he went, bum, 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 bum. And it literally, I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. They were waiting for him because he's so important to Garvin uh, as well. It was just, I just think he's, he, he was just fantastic. He knew all the rep and he'd always give me free tickets. Like I'd always come oh, in legend. for free tickets. Oh. I mean, they were always at the back, yeah. but um, you know, just the, just the, the free tickets. And I loved it. I saw Carmen a couple of times, Butterfly, um, Bohem and y- Yennefer. Loads of fantastic mm. stuff um, as well. He he was fantastic yeah. as well. I, I did like a sit-in thing with the Royal College of Music mm-hmm. in my last year. And so he was he was in the last couple of years there mm. at that point. Um, and I, I used to get tickets for dress rehearsals. And okay. he would always go with his wife. He'd yeah. always be there getting, going to watch the productions yeah. as well. Like obviously really loved it. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was a lovely guy. Though. Yeah, he was very, yeah. very nice. And he, he did, you know, he did forge my way... Um, uh, to becoming a good trombonist, but it was Graham Lee from Trinity. Yeah, um, uh, uh, he he really made me who I am as a person and as a player as well. Um, he really brought everything out, and I, I think I'm indebted to him the whole time, all the time, oh. to my success. Now I had fantastic trombone teachers um, as well, um, Mark Templeton and Dudley Bright, and um, obviously Les Lake um, as well. But um, Graham was the best teacher. What was it about Graham that, that brought that out of you? He, he, it was, uh, he, uh, it's really hard to explain. So you come in and you play a piece, but it wasn't about the piece. It was about your interpretation piece. It wasn't even about your interpretation about the piece. It's what you have to say as a trombone player playing this piece. Mm. Mm. And he says, you need to have more life skills. And, you know, back in those days, I was 21, 22, I was still drinking Malibu and Coke. <laughs> and he said, you haven't got enough hairs on your chest. Uh, sort of thing but it's not about the drinking it's about kind of being worldly and so it was yeah. just he was just all encompassing he was an all-encompassing he's like a life coach a, a music teacher instrumental teacher a guru as well um he just every aspect of me as a musician he worked on not just my instrumental playing oh amazing wow. yeah so, so it wasn't just your your like hour a week with him no and it was never an hour anyway no um it was always more um and it was also more outside 
of the lesson as well. If it was having lunch with him or going to the pub with him or coming into someone else's lesson or because I'm a morning person, he'd get in for like 8.30 and practice together. We're like, let's do this exercise. And he would practice with me to make sure I'm doing it right. Mm -hmm. And that's the best thing because I realise that on, on the harp, like, you know, I have a lesson like once every three to four weeks and I practice technique. But I, you know, I don't want to practice in the wrong thing. across yeah. the, Whereas if Graham has said something, do this, he'll be checking up two days later. Have you done it? Let's hit, let me hear it. Let's do it together. Oh, so you're great. always yeah. absolutely great, great teacher. Great. Yeah, that is amazing. So good. I think that's what we all need, especially at that age at college. I just definitely did not know how to practice. And mm. I must have wasted so much time, mm-hmm. you know, because that technique of practice, that's mm. basically what you're at that stage you're being taught. Isn't yes, it? How exactly. To exactly. And, and that is what's really important because you can practice wrong and you yeah. can practice right. Um, and you can practice too much and too little as well. But with Graham, it was like, you need to do this, this and this and this. And then, and that's it. So you don't yeah. need to do too much or too little as well. When it came to running, pieces you do have to do a lot for a brass player if you're doing a whole recital you do have to be like just playing through it because yeah. it's an yeah. actual stamina thing yeah it's like it, it's, it's it's a struggle if you just do oh just do that technique today and i'll just do that piece yeah getting through it so that's that was by the by but actual foundation of technique is, yeah. is I, I i love him for that i think that's that's like a really rare thing you had mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. Someone like uh, it is rare because, i've never had a teacher like that at all i mean that would have i mean that's that just would change your life something like because i mean i I was at the Royal College of Music. I had a teacher, and it was like once a week, or mm. if that. And, and it, and I didn't, I didn't have any feeling like that that they were really invested in, in my playing at all. Well, I just didn't, didn't progress. Like uh, that's amazing that you say that because, and I, I'm not just saying that because you're here. I think I've said this to everybody. Um, uh, I think you're a fantastic trombonist. Now, I'm not just saying it because I'm here. I'm not trying to never played lick trombone your trombone. Trum- trum- <laughs> Sorry. I've heard I he's think, a I think fantastic you're thinking of my brother Barry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's, he's a good trombone player. Yeah. Oh, no, no, you're, no, you're the, the shit one. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're a fantastic trombone player because I'm never going to forget, we, had our, uh, we were playing together for BBC Concert Orchestra and yes. we had um, uh, rehearsals for the prom, and I was in trial uh, as well. But um, and and Seb was 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 bumping, and Kate Moore, I love her, she's fantastic. Yeah. wasn't feeling very well, mm. and you know, it's she she pulled out the last minute because she really wasn't feeling very well. And it's, it is the proms; it's going to be live, and yeah. you just nailed it. <laughs> and I look back on that, and I and I'm not just saying that because I look back on that and how nervous I was. Yeah. That was my first prom. This was only two years ago. My first ever prom. I was like, oh god, principal trumpets down, and we're down one man for the sake of or one woman, one person, yeah, I should yeah, say. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's a tough program, especially yeah. with BBC Concert Orchestra. He had no bump to help him, so he can focus on the solos. You know, but absolutely played amazingly and i'm oh. never going to forget oh, that well um uh you know never going to forget that and i was you know eyes wide as well you know uh, i was stone yeah. cold so- sober oh. and so i knew what i hear so yeah fantastic and i've sat next to you in so many other things as well which is fantastic but that to me <laughs> picking up the reins on just a three-hour rehearsal and then going live on the television i'm on bbc radio 3 nailing head loads of solos absolutely <laughs> amazing i i just oh. i think you're fantastic so it's interesting oh, that you said thank you. that well, you didn't progress in in in, in college well, I, I, I didn't for those first few years at college. Uh, it just, it, it didn't click. I don't know if I've talked about this on this podcast before, but no. it, it all kind of clicked in like my third year. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was in particular, it was a, it was a masterclass. Um, I was just, it was my birthday, right? Mm-hmm. I was just in, in college, no one around. It was like, 
just sort of bumming around the uh, the common room, and then someone like, oh, Patrick Howe's doing a masterclass now, mm. tuba player. Um, so I so I went up and just watched it, and a lot of these tuba players had just hadn't practiced enough, and they just they were just just kind of vibing it, just, yeah. just fluffing their way through some things, mm-hmm. and he just couldn't believe it. He was like, what What are you doing? Like mm-hmm. this isn't. It's not just going to be like luck that it works one day. It's like it's completely down to you mm-hmm. what what you do. You have to put in as much work as you can mm-hmm. so you, you have the confidence to go into any situation and then perform. And then obviously on the day there's going to be elements that are out of your control, but yes. at least you know you've done the work. Yeah. And that ever since then, I just remember that moment we're like, oh, my God, it's oh, like yeah. it's all down to me. Um, you know, because no one's going to make me do the work practice it's down to me so so then i feel like everything changed um but i I never really had i remember my fourth year my um my teacher changed and i had um ian balmain come in okay yeah yeah fourth year and that was so good and he was uh, i mean and and he was a a colleague of graham lee of course yes yeah of course from rpo they they toured the world together Mm -hmm. and i mean they were such good mates and he he wasn't really someone that was a natural teacher he didn't really sort of know how to explain the technique and stuff he he was just a fantastic player mm-hmm. and it was just yeah being around him we'd play through some symphonies and stuff from the opera house he'd bring in some parts and that was so good just just to see just to feel yeah. him next to me breathing and playing mm-hmm. and i learned so much from that and then he um then he at the end of my fourth year he he got me in the opera house and oh, uh, fantastic and then that was that was the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did um, Tristan and his older with them. Suddenly booked, because you have so many rehearsals and then you've got like six or eight shows and they're like five hours long. And, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I'd never been, I'd never, it was my first proper professional orchestral mm-hmm. gig I'd been given and there was so much of it. It was yeah. like all these dates and I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe that it asked me and I just loved it so much. But I learned just so much hearing, mm-hmm. hearing him and... Mm-hmm. So that was, so from that point on, it was like, I learned so much more about music, just being in the profession mm. and hearing people. Um, but I, I wasn't, when I was at college, it was a really weird time. Uh, I mean, just thinking back to it now. And and if, if I went to college now, as uh, at my age, yeah. I would I would work all the time and mm. I would I would just chase people down and say, oh, can I have a lesson with you now? Yeah. People don't even play trumpet. I'd, I'd have lessons with everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this all the time. But also, I remember when we were speaking to Amos about this, um, mm-hmm. that it's changed so much because I, I think exactly the same thing. And I yeah. think I couldn't, I wasn't mature enough to root out what I needed to root out no. and the things that were going to be detrimental to my yeah. playing. And also, like you're saying, the working ethic, like my work ethic didn't really kick in until the third year. No, no. And then I'd lost two years because yeah. I'd just been, you know dabbling messing around you know it's just so daft but mm. i in a way i'd love to go back now and well yeah, actually it's <laughs> like, said that. you know part of it you're, you're 18 19 and, yeah. and you you just and you're in london and you just yeah. want to go out all the it's time exciting. And it's exciting and, and that's a thing you want to do at the same time so yeah. I, I don't know like yeah. it's all part of your your journey to becoming where you are yeah definitely um and but you're now so you're teaching a bit at um welsh college at the moment as yeah well. so teaching um uh, at the welsh college so i started off teaching in the duty department yeah which I, I really enjoyed so i my my training that i had really was working with like three to six year olds mm. when i was in newham um and that was my main thing and i loved working with young children and then this is because of the recorder so even though i right. played the trombone i think 
I, I, I taught the recorder because that was my kind of way in with this music service. Yeah. Um, and then teaching up to 11 year olds. So I teach at the World West College of Music on a Saturday. And then a year ago, I got approached to teach um, some of the seniors as well. So um, I have I have at the moment five students, seniors as well. And I teach them at the moment on the Sunday, um, which oh. is today. So I should be teaching on a Sunday. <laughs> but um, we uh, the reason why is because we have a 25% capacity because of coronavirus right. oh, as well. And I just missed the boat out on all the rooms. So there are nine rooms and there are um, a four voice wind and brass yeah. that we can use throughout the week and i just miss that so i said well so sunday i don't have a family we'll have lessons on sundays uh, yeah. uh, as well so that's been great it's really hard teaching obviously 18 to 24 year olds because you can see the potential and it is down mm. to them to put the working yeah and um, lots of them do and some don't uh, as well and i actually what i do because i talk too much i don't know if you've noticed <laughs> I pacify myself by playing more. So I do more playing. So this is yeah. how I would do it. Yeah. This excerpt, this piece, um, and and that's it. So get them playing more. Otherwise, we just end up having a chat. Yeah. Which is yes. what they what they want. Um, not all the time, actually. And uh, sometimes they do, um, but um, I just try and demonstrate. Yeah, that's by nice of them as well, though. It's nice to have that personal element to it as well, though. It's good for the you know. Yeah. I think it makes people play better, doesn't it? If they're a bit more relaxed think, and they yeah, like yeah, so dialogue. That, yes and no. I think if it's too relaxed, what I've learned, especially listening to the uh, the masterclasses and, and yeah. their feedback, is that they get comfortable in the lesson. And when it comes to actually performing, they're oh, not as comfortable. Okay, yeah. Sometimes. Right, yeah. That's yeah. what I've kind of realised. Because I said, you play this to me fantastically. I have one pupil who is really, really good. And literally the day before the masterclass online, it was with um, the New York principal, trombone New York principal, Joe uh, Alessi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, I said, right, if you play that movement, it was like three minute piece, just like that, I'm sure he's going to have lots to say. Um, and it didn't work out the same way on, on, on maybe because it was Zoom or something like that. Yeah. So I do agree with you. It's comfortable. It's good to have that comfortable um, kind yeah. of rapport with, with them. But sometimes they don't do the best outside of the practice room yeah, or outside yeah. of the lesson. Like, it must be sure. harder going from having lovely lessons with you, a very friendly person, and then, you, then you go, I've got to play to Joe Alessi. I like, know, yeah. Leg- yeah. And everybody else has turned up yeah. <laughs> as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, uh, I.e., yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's, it's yeah, yeah, I guess so. Like, um, I'm not always lovely, though. I've, oh. I've, I've, uh, I've, I, I do get, I do get, get a bit riled up when I know that someone can do better. Yeah. yeah. And that does annoy me because I, I, I'm blowing my trumpet, own trumpet again. I work trombone. as hard trombone. That is the It's a lot of confusion. It's like, it's I don't know what instrument these are. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I worked very hard throughout yeah. the whole seven years at higher education all the time. Never, never stopped. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I had to work 20 hours as well teaching. And I, you know, I was in, and Trinity I was in at eight every day. And then out the door by like 10.30 to teach somewhere else. Mm. Um, and then I'll come back and do evening practice as well until the close. I was always, always, and I did everything that I could do uh, as well. So when I see other students that don't have that, it doesn't annoy me a bit. Yeah. And then, but pacify myself. Okay, well, this is not working well today. Not so much in these times in coronavirus. Let's open up a, some duets and let's play together so I don't have to say anything horrible and make anyone feel uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, that's why if you're playing duets, it means you're annoyed with them. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if any of Chris's students are listening, be warned. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I think that's admirable that you were like that from the start of your education. I wish I had been. Yeah. I, I just, really think oh, that's yeah. good. I wasn't very good, Verity. Like, I, I was terrible. Not uh, I. You know, <laughs> I had to get better. I didn't you, have... You must, you must have had some something that was good that made you carry on and enjoy it. I had Graham in my life. That oh. was it. I had, he must I have had, seen something, though. Mm. He must definitely yeah. must have seen the potential in you. And that's what's great. My biggest thing is, I don't mind even saying this on the podcast, is that when someone treats you differently because of the way that you play, mm. so you may not be the best player, but then people are horrible to you, peers, mm. sometimes uh, teachers, yeah. are horrible to you because you don't play well. Or they're so blindsided to the fact that you've put work in, but they're not... Um, uh, they're not seeing the the, the, the outcome. They don't. The outcome is not up their level. Yeah. So I I I get really annoyed by that, uh, and it still happens in the business th- these days, you know. And um, I, I just I just kept on going. I was so much more resilient through my twenties, from twenty two to twenty six, than I am now. Yeah. I just didn't care what anyone said. I didn't care. And now, as an older person, you're always like, oh, what did yeah. he say? What did she say? <clears throat> yeah. What did they say? So, yeah. Mm. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Um, I think we've talked about this before, but um, I read online you had an interview with Chinike on the website talking about... um, the fact that you don't feel like you've ever um, experienced any kind of um, like discrimination. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Because um, I think now, uh, or this is a a very big topic. Yeah. Try me concise. There is my understanding, and I've had to learn how to say this over the last couple of months because of what's happened. Yeah. um, uh, With in the world uh, as well. My interpretation of like negative discrimination and racism is when it uh, really does affect you as a person so it's always individual mm. yeah there's not a statistic for um for a look that you get or a, an extra clutching of a bag that you mm. get or something like that and i i give this example every single time i have to go to Landudno every t- season with wno Landudno is north wales and it's it's really backwards i really don't like it there when I get there, I have to go into Asda to get my food shopping for the week because we're, we're there touring for a whole week. Now, you know, I walk into Asda. Maybe a lot of people in North Wales don't have seen a, a lot, lots of black people in real life. So you always get a look. You always get, oh, that's not racism to me. That's just someone being 
inquisitive. And, yeah. you know, people put in an extra effort not to try and look yeah. racist as well. I have the same thing when I go down to Trinidad. I walk into a shop or I go buy a little site, a street vendoring thing to get some sugar cane, some mangoes or whatever. And I go, excuse me, sir, can I have some, um, some, ma- some mangoes, please? And the stare that I get and the look that I get from the vendor on the side of the street in Trinidad is exactly the same that I get in Asda in North Wales. Yeah. Because what they're seeing is they're seeing a black person yeah. with what what they I would only assume is, oh, you've got a white accent. Yeah. Ah. Oh. So, and they're like, ooh. The same thing when I go and ask for my steak rare in the Caribbean. Yeah. The look of disgust that I get. <laughs> Because everything's cooked through, highly seasoned oh, and cooked through. Okay. So, and I remember that. They are judging me, yeah. but that's not a racial thing. And on a racial bias, it's just that their conception of what, um, like I say, in, in the Caribbean, what we normally have is you have it well done and, and that. And, you know, Landon, no, we don't see many black people, so mm. I'm more inquisitive as mm. well. Yeah. So there's not a statistic for that. No. Um, and then, you, you know someone i think we were walking when i was like much younger walking down the road in romford walking from let me get this right chafford hundred where lakeside is oh, yeah. to yeah. romford because we missed the last train oh i'm so sorry uh, <laughs> it's the worst part of the world and so we walked like an hour and a half oh and you know you, you get shouted racial slurs and stuff but that is racist okay yeah. but yeah how i take it it's like, okay, well, they just, that's why they're doing that. They're just uh, uneducated and, and that's not right. But I don't feel that that is a dis, like, it's not, it's not, it's not, not discrimination. It's not discriminate, but I let it, I let it go. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't weigh on me. Yeah. A lot. I, so my person, it's when you see something like the whole George Floyd thing, mm-hmm. that, that is, it's at, at its rife there mm. so when i said i haven't um, experienced um uh, uh, mm. uh, 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 racial discrimination <clears throat> i don't think someone has hurtfully uh changed my output of what i think about things that's not really the best way i'm not really saying this in the best way um i don't feel hurt I just think, well, you're just a bit uneducated and that's not really nice. So I'm just going to dismiss that yeah. as well. It hasn't, oh, it hasn't changed my life. That's what I'm going to say. Right. I haven't been punched in the face. I haven't been, I don't feel like I've been disregarded for any work that I've got. Mm. Or, and I don't feel like I have been, so, oh, yeah, I'm not really doing this very well now. No, no, no. I know exactly what you're saying. It's personally mm-hmm. to you. So as in, not looking at the whole full, yeah. huge picture. Yeah. You're talking personally. Personally, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You've, I guess you, yeah, you, I mean, you, you will have um, experienced many sort of mini micro forms of racism. But that's with every, I don't, that's with every dis, uh, dis, bit of discrimination out there. Yeah. Mm. You, uh, you uh, 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 women, uh, 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 you know, discriminated against mm. as well. Mm. If you're older, you'll treat them a bit differently. Mm. Um, yeah. And if you're, uh, have different genders that you're not assigned when you're when, at birth. Yeah. Uh, and you're trying to, I, I do that, I do that myself. I, I go, is that a man or woman? I'm not too sure, but I should stop staring now because that's going to make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. And I've done that in my head. Um, 
as well. It's those thoughts where we're, we're trying to change those thoughts, thinking everyone should be who they want to be. But sometimes some people are, some people, I shouldn't, I'm not going to generalise. We all generalise to protect ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's as far as I'm going to go. Yeah, I think so. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. like, there's there's like a primal thing. You, you, you're you out late at night or something. Mm-hmm. If you see, you've got to make a quick decision sometimes. Because there, there are some, obviously, some like muggers out there. Yeah. And so you you make decisions mm-hmm. and then so if someone looks a bit different if you're in Clandudno and mm-hmm. someone looks different then that's just you've never seen someone that looks like mm-hmm. that before so it so you do react in a certain way and then you have like a secondary thought to be like oh actually it's totally fine it's all so that i guess that requires a bit it's of education it's that secondary and- thoughts and i'm going to give uh, i hope emma won't kill me on this uh, and and uh, an example emma was cycling from somewhere yeah. to to clapham common yeah and it was a day when it was really hot and everyone was out and even all the young people have been naughty in lockdown yeah, yeah. so she yeah, went yeah, past yeah. it's a cable street i think it was which is in east london yeah. and there were a yeah. group of of you know black boys, black girls, hooded. And she was on her little bike, on on um, on her bike, Bluebell, it's her little bike. Oh. Her little bike. <laughs> um, you know, Cute. wolf whistled and, and you know, go, oh, you're looking very nice. But her primal instinct maybe was that, oh, this is a bit scary. But yeah. then her second one was, they're just a group of, group of people. Kids, yeah. And it's like fine. Teenagers, yeah. Same thing happened when she got to, you know, Club and Common and she said, you know, the guys were dressed as, you know, in loafers mm. and that. And same sort of thing happened in, you know, a bit of wolf, uh, wolf whistling, a bit of, yeah. you know, it's exact. And, but instantly she was like, oh, I don't like that group of guys calling me out. Yeah. But actually she goes into her secondary thought, this is fine. I'm yeah. fine. And actually there are two, the same sort of things happen, but you know, it's that instant instinct are always a group of black boys or, you know, that, yeah. oh, that's not right. But Emma is educated. So she goes, nothing's going to happen. They're just, mm-hmm. doesn't matter that they're black doesn't matter that they're, they're white, it's they're guys and they're mm-hmm. going to wolf whistle and nothing's going to happen to me. Yeah. And she yeah. felt protected because she had that knowledge at the back of her mind as well. I remember her telling me that and that, that's that's the way it should be. But yeah. there's that primal bit that goes, mm, mm. I shouldn't probably say that. But you're right, it's education, I think. Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's being, I'm, my friend just made this brilliant documentary. It was about it's the school that is trying to trying to eliminate racism. Basically. Okay. And it was, it was really interesting because they tested these kids at the beginning of the project mm-hmm. and at the end. And they had this natural, they had a natural bias towards the white children. However, Mm. they, and lots of it, it was really interesting. The thing that stuck in my mind was at the National Portrait Gallery, Uh they took the class in there. They went to this room and the curator said, look around, what do you notice about the room? And they were like, they're, all the pictures are of white people. Mm. There's one picture in the whole of this section mm-hmm. of a black person. It was a slave. And they were like, so if this is what you're being told as a kid, yeah. Like it's just going in, but it's the good thing is it's changing. It's not. It is. It's not that. Way. I mean, this is so nice because I'm a white woman, mm. but you know, it seemingly is changing. It is changing, and we need those big mm. progressive things. And one more thing, I'd like to say, my friend Jonathan Harris, who's a who's a, a who's an athlete at my 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 gym, um, said, you know, there were words that he used to say at school, which I'm not going to say them now. But he said then th- th- that's when he was at school. So he's he's in his fifties. And then 25 years, uh, or something, 40 years later, those words are not no longer used because mm. they got told not to say it. Therefore, their children don't know about the words. Yeah. And therefore, it's eradicated from the, from the colloquial English language. Yeah. So, 
So, uh, you know, that's how it works out. So if we're doing the same thing, that you can't say this, you can't do that now, there may be some people still thinking those things, but if they're not going to do it, the next generation won't know about it yeah. in terms of trying to act it out by saying it totally. or by by acting it out as a person as well. Yeah. What about um, the, the, the music industry, um, especially the classical industry, mm-hmm. is predominantly white. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, like organisations like Chinake yeah. are trying to help to change that slightly. Yes. Um, um, I mean, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? And how, oh, how can gosh. that... If I knew... <laughs> that's, You've got 90, 90 yeah, yeah. seconds. Go ahead. <laughs> no, <I'm> joking. <laughs> okay, so that's a good one. Um, I worked in the school, St. Helens Catholic Primary School, the best school that I've ever worked in, with a fantastic senior leadership team and a fantastic ethos across all the teachers. Um, in Newham, they had the Every Child a Musician, where every oh, yeah. child in Newham had an instrument. I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of how it formed and that, but it was a good idea and yeah. it's now finished, finished last year. And um, we gave every instrument, an instrument to every uh, school, uh, every, uh, every uh, pupil in, in year five and six pupil yeah. in Newham. At St. Helens Primary School, um, they take each year goes to the ballet, each year goes to the opera, each year goes to a musical, each year goes to a play. I think at the moment it's War Horse in year six, but I think it's whatever they're reading for their sats. Or, yeah. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not too sure what it is. Yeah. And it does change as well. Um, uh, but they go to lots of different things. So we are expo- we're exposing that. And we have to put a monetary value on it. So even though the schools pay for it, it's like it's it's five pounds to yeah. show that you, you do have to pay for it. It's not just free. You don't get to get to go to delve into culture just for free because hard musician, hard artists put a lot of work into mm. it, so it you know yeah. so they do that go to the opera all the time and i used to go as a, a chaperone as well we're giving them all that we're they're having lessons on instruments as well however not everyone i'm going to say is not everyone is a musician like yeah. not everyone is a football player like not everyone is a dancer and even though in that it, in that borough it you know it, it worked to get to to give them the instrument it had no value on it because they had it for free. Mm. And also it wasn't instilled in their home culture. Right. Yeah. And yeah. the things that they listen to on the radio. I say the radio, you know, music videos, whatever they <laughs> yeah, are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, on the wireless. On the wireless. <laughs> God, I'm not that old. No. no that's me. <laughs> um, so there's not, I, maybe there's not a lot of black people in, maybe, and not a lot of black people in, in classical music because it's not part of their culture. Mm. And that's it. I'm an anomaly. I'm an anomaly. I'm an anomaly because I'm very different as a person. My mum gave me the opportunity to do it, but she it wasn't classical music wasn't playing in the background. We didn't go to concerts together. We yeah. didn't go to the theatre together. We didn't go to art galleries together. I did that with my school. Yeah, I loved all of that mm. uh, as well. But I had that within me to explore. Mm. But imagine, you know, you're a working mum, and you, you know, you, you, working class mum. Those things are, are what you might think are um, extracurricular. Uh, and you know that coming to this country, becoming a doctor, an accountant, a lawyer, a business person is going to get the be- it's going to be the best thing for your child because mm-hmm. you know that as much as they might have talent in their voices or in the instrument, and we know as musicians sometimes it doesn't just it doesn't it's not enough to pay the bills mm. yeah. or to yeah. rear a family. So you've come to this country and you see that these these are the people that earn the most. I'm going to push my family or my children to do that. Yeah. Rather than music, dance, art, 
or whatever. Mm. So my feelings are, I have no statistics, that um, it's more of a socio-economical and cultural thing as well. So it's the society that the children are brought up with doesn't promote classical music. Mm. The culture that the, the parents come from don't appreciate classical music. And then if if they do have access to it, it's usually free or heavily subsidised. So when it becomes to going to the next <clears> level, <throat> it's very expensive to yeah. own an instrument, yeah. to have instrument lessons. Equally so dance lessons, equally so um, going to an arts club or something well, like that. Well, I think yeah. that's part of a bigger picture at the moment as well, mm. of this big class divide with it. I think we're seeing it more and more because as music becomes uh, marginalised so much more in yeah. schools and things, mm-hmm. that it does become... Um, a class thing as yeah, well. And yeah. There's this huge mm. divide if you if you don't have extra money to yeah yeah. Pay. So yeah, so there's all kind. Of, I mean, yeah, it's well, just sort of also like like classical music has come out of like Western Europe from you know well off people, mm. uh, all all mainly white, mm-hmm. like almost hundred percent white basically. Yeah. Um, and so that that's kind of grown and grown, and then. You can't force classical music onto a culture that yeah. they're not. They don't feel it, and, and it's not come from from their culture. It's, um, I mean, you look at popular music. I mean, that's incredibly diverse. Like pop, now, pop music, I, rap music. Yeah, I'm going to say something, which is uh, I, I've I've only got from two of my friends. I've got one friend who I teach the daughter to from from, from my gym, and then my barber. Yeah, my friend that I teach the daughter uh, from from my gym, who's the head of my gym, says. There's so much effort going into learning an instrument for so little outcome. Mm. And the barber explained to him, this is only a couple of weeks ago, how I, you know, become really good at an instrument. I said, you've got to put hours of practice in. But he said, look at the people on the television. I can go and dance or just stand at a wall and be in a music video and get lots of money for that and produce all the sounds that I need on my laptop over, you know, in a couple of hours. But you're saying that you have to give years and years of your life for then very minimal output when you get to where the level is uh, as well. And you're saying it's all on chance as well. What would I rather do? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I didn't I didn't even think about it that way. So but I enjoy that process. I enjoy sitting and practicing. Yeah. Both my trombone and the harp uh, at the moment. And the same with uh, my my head of uh, the gym there. He's like, yeah, I have to sit down for what, 15 minutes a day. It's like but I don't have to do that. And I did, the results are so minimal every week that why should I do that if I can just mm. go and play this tune with weird fingers on a piano or something like that? Yeah. And I see that point. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't realise that was a thing because I, I enjoy that process. I don't know about you guys, yeah, but I enjoy totally. practising. Yeah, and yeah I enjoy... the satisfaction of achieving. Yeah. I, think, I was no. thinking, thinking about this the other day because I, you know, you get into... I've been on my phone too much. Over I now. know, and God. you just find something on the phone, and it's all so instant. Everything is so instant, mm-hmm. and and you know, you know, playing around on, on Logic and playing with sounds and things. And then I'm like, oh, I've got to do a bit of trumpet practice now, so I do my trumpet practice. And you think this is so different. Yes, this is like um, an old world skill playing mm-hmm. playing the trumpet. Like it's. But Seb, what does it do to you on the inside? Oh, it's so much more fulfilling. Like, yeah. like honestly, like because it's it's like it's a deep thing, and I've been doing it for like the vast majority of my life since I was eight. So, yeah. um, but I just can't imagine what it's like now for someone who's eight years old to to like to to begin an instrument like that. Mm-hmm. So you, this is going to be like something you're going to have to practice every, every day, really. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you've got to, you've got to do it all the time and and it's really hard mm-hmm. as you say it's like there's total chance um of whether you're going to get any any work or I think it's a real distinct personality trait you have to have, and it must be the same for elite athletes. Yeah, yeah. Or the same for anyone who's at the top of their field, mm-hmm. because you have to be so the discipline and the passion for it. You mm. know, all those things you must have to have the way you're wired in a certain yeah, way. Yeah, Because you just wouldn't, would you? If you were like, if you couldn't really be, if you weren't that interested, you just wouldn't do it, would you? you wouldn't last two no. seconds. No, would you? no. But I, I don't know. I mean, like, like your barber would have done loads of training. Right. But he says it's instant graph. Someone will give you five pounds just there. So uh, he said yeah. he started doing barber uh, cutting hair at um, fifteen on like little children, like his cousins and stuff. And the mum was like, oh, "Here's five pounds." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instant. So he's practicing on someone's hair, and he said it, he said that it was all right, but it wasn't the best how it is now. Mm. And he's in his twenties now. But here's five pound. Here's seven pound. Yeah, yeah. And then and every time I'm getting better. And getting me more money, yeah. And then every time I'm getting better, they're talking to other people, and I'm getting more clients. Yeah, yeah. It's this instant thing. Whereas on an instrument, you've got to do all these hours of practice, and then you might get eighty quid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's, just, yeah. It, it's not a very efficient way of, of making money, is it? Oh my but, god, what have we all done? What are we doing? Oh my god. <laughs> I, I think, like, you know, there are so many transferable skills, and and you're you're not just learning the trombone. You're mm. you're, you're you've learned. You've learned music, mm. like you've learned how to play music, and that comes from like your recorder teacher, yeah. and and then you know we're all sort of looking at transferable things we could we could go into doing other slightly different bits of the profession maybe mm-hmm. uh, if there's less than live music. But um, so we because we, we, we've got that deep understanding and the the thousands of hours we've spent doing mm-hmm. it, literally, yeah. we we <laughs> we can just do other stuff. Um, if you if you've just literally bought logic on your computer and mm-hmm. a keyboard and you don't really understand how any of the harmony or mm-hmm. rhythm works you're less likely to be long long term successful i think mm-hmm. yeah although you know there are incredibly successful you know producers hip hop producers and that yeah yeah that don't read any sort of music you don't need to read music of course to be a media composer or anything but um i don't know like i mean i just I think it's worth it's worth doing. But, I think yeah. it's so worth. Doing. But I just Definitely. I just don't know what it's like for a kid these days who, you know, you, if you're watching TikTok and and all that, and and it's like so instant, such short attention yes. span. How can you? You've got a, we've all got rubbish attention spans now. Well, I mm. certainly do. Mm. Like, um, how can you sit down in a practice room for two hours and do scales? Yeah. Now I just. It's so different. Oh, I love doing that. That's me. I'm the weirdo like that. Yeah, I can, I can yeah. sit there and, and do it. But the whole TikTok thing, once again, I'm not on any social media, not on Instagram, not on Twitter, not on Facebook, not on TikTok, not on anything. Ah. But the whole TikTok thing, people show me this and it looks instantly amazing. It does. Like, I, I, I was like, wow, how do they do that? And it's like, well, and then everyone copies it and mm. they can do it. Um, and I thought that that's there, great. There is a lot of incredible creativity going on through that. And, and in TikTok, I don't actually have the app TikTok, but you see it retweeted on Twitter and stuff. And um, there's some incredible stuff because you're limited to like uh, I don't know how long. But we're it is. in that culture now, isn't it? Yeah. Where ten seconds flip, ten seconds, yeah. ten seconds flip. Yeah. Doesn't matter which um, social platform you're using. It's just they want quick, quick, instant gratification. Yeah. But what does that do to you inside? Then yes. I, I, I don't know what the science is because when you're growing on something as you are with a person, don't you want that? that 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 um 
idea that you have to to, to mature to get better yeah. and mm. have a different angle at it rather than to go oh that's good that's good or oh Beethoven five I never heard this one da, 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 da. okay next one please okay and then so, <laughs> dancing dog sort of thing. do you yeah. know what I mean it's <laughs> like so oh that's nice and that's nice yeah. And, yeah. and that's it what do you get what do you go to bed thinking about at the end of the day because I, I I don't have so, that. It, yeah, it's like, I'm, I just watched the uh, the social dilemmas the other day. Okay, I'm gonna. That's on Netflix. That's yeah, come up. Yeah, I thing. want to watch that, that too. Is, but yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. And um, I sort of was thinking, it's a bit like like sugar or something. Like you you can you have a bit of sugar and then like I was making that cake the other day mm. and like made some cream cheese icing and mm-hmm. like you have a go. Oh, it's amazing. I'll just oh, a bit more. I just yeah. see spoonfuls of it. Yeah. And, then and then, but you don't feel. Um, you're not satisfied, really, mm-hmm. and, and you're, you you feel actually quite ill yeah. a yeah. bit later, and, and it's not a healthy... That is a good analogy thing. to what I think social media is. Yeah. Social yeah. media is bad. I'm saying that right now. Okay, I know that's a kind of out there thing, but that's a good analogy because I think too much of social media is making people very, very ill in the membrane. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I really do think so. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I think, obviously, in, in small amounts, it's great, but... If you have it all the time, if you're on all the all the apps, what is it doing to our society? Well, we can see what it's doing to our society. What it's doing is it's kind of you're blocking out that interaction with other people yeah. um, because you're seeing a, 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 a character of that person mm. on the internet. Yeah, I call them the internet people. So you don't. That's not the when you see your friend on Instagram and it's like, oh, I'm so fabulous. I look at my hair and look at my contouring and yeah. all that kind of stuff. You're seeing a character even sometimes a caricature of what they want to present to the world. But that ain't them. No. That ain't them. So we, we, it's, it's, it's just becoming more and more digitised in terms of interaction, whereas it's so much better just kind of like sitting and meeting people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, you look at the around the world at the leaders of, in a modern world and you can see exactly that. It's characters. Yes. Yeah. Horrendous character, but you know, yes. isn't mm-hmm. it? And yeah, but it, it polarizes people as well, yeah, completely. So, and then That's it means when, thing, yes. when we do interact, or we do it, you do it over the internet, don't you? and you just mm. completely at loggerheads because, mm. yeah, you're not listening, you're like, why well, you're different to me. You're, you know, those it's like the, the Democrats, the Republicans, they just kind of have this idea of what the other one's like, and then mm. there's just no chance for any any kind of coordination or just getting on with each other. Mm. Um, so, but but yeah. that I think that because it's, it's that documentary, the social dilemma. Like, there is obviously we, we have to kind of live with it in some ways. Yeah, it's interesting you're not on any of them mm. at all. I mean, like, I, I actually deleted the, the apps from my phone this well week to done. just to just just try and just put a stop to that um, habit of just checking all the time. Yeah. But then, like, you know, on, on Monday we've got a podcast coming out. I need to sort of retweet things and just so it's like there's part of it you, you kind of need it for your sort of i think you're completely right but if you allow those characters into your life and some of them become toxic then Mm. you seem to it seems to kind of swirl around in your brain because that person's in your house they're in your head now so if you've seen Mm. someone on facebook and they're kind of like this is what i believe yeah and it kind of gets you into your brain well actually it's the character on the internet the internet person that's in your head not the actual person because no, you yeah. don't know what they believe yeah, because yeah. they may be putting something out to show the world what they think other people want them to believe yeah is the right thing oh god i'm going i'm going no, around a circle no, i know but but yeah so i think it may be what i i really admire about you is your sort of discipline and your enjoyment of just the the, the doing the same sort of thing each day, working on your your body, 
working on your on your mind yeah learning new things mm-hmm. um baking and your and your but just just that constant ethic work ethic is, i is like really i do inspiring. like to work and yeah. um, there are detriments to that um uh you know my social circle is very very small but um it does protect me as a person if i've got goals and aspirations that i can achieve by myself i will do that um uh just to just for instant instance for for gratification in the long in the long run uh as well and i think it's just the way that i'm conditioned so i've had to be like this because there's no one else that's going to do no one else is going to be me so i need to be myself yeah yeah great <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, he's great. I really love Chris. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me <laughs> it's too. It's such a treat to meet him. He's just so interesting and enthusiastic. Yeah, we, we, we our, both of our gazes are looking over at the chair he was just <gasps> sat in and, oh. and the microphone's still set up. I know, there's still hit the still remnants here. of his cake on the plate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know he's a great baker, actually. Yeah, he, he, he brings in cakes and stuff to to shows when he does it. That's excellent, isn't it? I mean, uh, and when he said about eating four boiled eggs for breakfast, though, that made me feel a little <laughs> bit sick. <laughs> I think I, I probably about on average, mm, I like I normally have about two two eggs, not every day, but right. But on average, over a week, probably probably is between one and two. <laughs> what's the i'm thinking of the r rate for my egg intake is over one definitely over one okay you're spreading so, <laughs> it's an exponential growth <laughs> oh i reckon i have maybe four a year oh right i mean within four food, eggs a year i mean not in my in food like cakes and the like but i wouldn't just oh eat you're not one. an egg person no i'm really not oh no i find like Egg mayonnaise is right up there with my top hates in the world. Oh, I, I do get yeah. that. There's something slightly gross about egg mayonnaise. Yeah, it's not right. Um, I always thought, I always, you always hear about that if you have too many eggs, then that, that's not good for you. Get egg bound. <laughs> but that's really, I, I've only really heard that in Viz. Right. <laughs> so, and I, I don't think it's medical. Yeah. We should have asked Arun, Arun. last week about <laughs> yeah. that. Perhaps I'll email him. <laughs> <laughs> Just one more thing, Arun. Um, eggs. Now, how, what's your regular dose of eggs? How much is safe eggs? Safe eggs. Safe eggs. Someone came and taught us about that at school once. Safe eggs. Oh, did they? Botulism. Yeah. Yeah. What's botulism? No, no, that's the other one. Uh, I'm thinking of the thing Edwina Curry used to talk about. Oh, what? God, I'm really going back some what? years now. You're not going to remember this, probably. Do you remember where there was that big uh, thing about the eggs everyone... Oh, God, what was that called? Mm, don't know. Oh, well, anyway, there you go. Myxomatosis. No, <laughs> that's rabbits. Oh. <laughs> I keep wanting to say bulimia, but that's something completely different. Botch- Botulism, and then there's... Oh, I'm sorry, I don't know. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, anyway, very interesting. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Edwina Curry. Curried eggs. Now, that is a thing. Um, uh, they're nice, aren't they? Curried <laughs> eggs. Egg Again, curry, egg. no, no, right. not, not. Um, there we are. I well, don't know quite how we we took that from his his really interesting interview. I homed in on the eggs. Sorry, Chris. It was uh, yeah, it was excellent. 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 Um, well, we've uh, 
we've not got anything. Oh, I, actually, yeah. I was talking about just to follow on from that social media thing. We were oh, yeah. Because so I tried this week to I deleted. Uh, um, what did I delete? I deleted Instagram, mm. Twitter, Facebook. That's admirable. Obviously, I can access it on my computer. It's just trying to get rid of that habit of like you do it on your when you yeah, have your week. Yeah, have you have you stopped doing that, or have you just put it onto other things like checking the news? Yeah, so I, I go on that Safari mm. and I'll I'll look up something. Else. I go on that there Safari. <laughs> go on that Safari, <laughs> um, and then I do check Facebook like maybe once a day yeah, to see yeah. what's going on, and it's quite interesting. Mm. Zero notifications. Oh, it's like it's going. Yeah, we, we we're not in, we don't we don't mind we don't care. You don't want us, we don't want you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I could do that. I'm up for that. That's good. That is good because mindless scrolling, it's terrible. I, I, I do it yeah. all the time. That's that's um, it. That's the thing is, is does, that doesn't feel healthy. No, though. it doesn't. And you, well, we don't need to know everything, do we? We don't need no. to know what everyone's doing every second of the day. No. But with Twitter, there are some really funny people on there. Yeah, there are. So I've missed that, just those stupid jokes. <laughs> there was a great meme on this week of this woman pouring a glass of champagne. I wonder if you've seen this. No. Um, she's got her baby in one hand and a glass oh, of champagne yeah. and she knocks the champagne over and she lets go of the child and goes for the champagne. It's so good. <laughs> It's things like that that keep me going. I know. That's per- one of those perfect little gifts that are like three seconds long yeah. and it just rotates and just keeps looping. And that woman actually looks just like my mum <laughs> and the baby looks just like my daughter. So it's like, this is this is what Christmas is going to look like. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Um, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. And do you feel cleansed from this? Hmm. I, I, I do feel a bit better, actually. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I just, yeah, I want to feel a bit more just in control and mm. like so that documentary, the social dilemma. Mm. Halfway through it, I was already googling, uh, like we call them like dumb phones, you know, right. not smartphones. So you could just oh, yeah. buy, buy a thirty three ten. Yeah. Or or they have new ones now that that you can get WhatsApp on. Oh right. Because that's the thing you you'd still want WhatsApp because of group chats now, yeah. and you you have them for work, don't you? Like. Mm. A, whatever like a, a gig you're doing there's someone to set up a group chat yeah you kind of need to be on whatsapp yeah um but it's a sort of form of social media mm. so anyway so by the halfway through i was doing that i was like maybe i could just change my whole mm. thing just or maybe take my sim card out during the day put it in a, a really old phone and mm. but then by the end i the, the guy at the end who is the bloke who invented the like button on facebook right <laughs> <laughs> he was like he said he deleted all the apps that are not useful mm. and he's turned off notifications and, and that's it. And he says, it's basically, it's the same reason I don't walk around with a, a pack of cookies in my pocket. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, I don't do that. No. It's just like, just, just kind of take control. And it's such a good idea. Because like, it's really useful having this phone because it's got an amazing camera in it. Mm. It's got, it's got your diary on it. It's, well, that's it. So many things. It's got a yeah. phone. Yeah. Yeah. The phone app's quite yeah. good. Have you used that recently? Well, not really. I don't really like to talk to people I anymore. To avoid that I try and just uh, like what they've said on yeah. Facebook and stuff. Yeah. So I yeah. so I was like, okay, I'll just do that. Yeah. But then, yeah, as I said in in this podcast, it's like you, you kind of need you need to use those tools for. Mm. It's like fire, you know, using it uh, well, wisely can be yeah. really powerful. Yeah. But don't let it 
overtake you. It's a good life lesson. It's a good life lesson. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is just a constant struggle, isn't it? I know. I often think about it. And the sad thing is if you're sat down watching TV or something Mm. and you're still on your phone at the same time, I just think that's rubbish. I'm trying really hard to leave. If I'm in the evening, if Rob and I have got an evening together, I'm trying to leave my phone in another room. Mm. So it's just not distracting me or that I'm just thinking about messaging or what you know or reading something yeah yeah to mixed degrees of success yeah. I know. It's, it's tough yeah. and like not having it in your bedroom at night that's yeah that's probably a good thing to do isn't it alarm though i need to get an alarm clock. yeah i need yeah. to get a really cheap alarm clock yeah yeah oh, oh so there we are I'll do that i'll be yeah i'll just buying things on amazon instead oh. that's like what i do yeah bought some microphones this week they're very so, nice yeah it's great i've just i've just seen them and it's like uh, i can now live out my k-pop dream yeah we bought some <laughs> classic sm58s i actually got these off ebay uh just for some some other microphone uh uh options yeah when we're in the field field work because i also i mean if anyone's listening if anyone's got any tips for central london locations for recording podcasts oh yeah because there's often times where we're meeting someone and especially now because like a lot of places are kind of closed like we've, mm. we've been to royal festival hall before i don't know if we we're able to just go in and i don't know if we probably are probably not so if anyone knows any any places like that where you can just kind of i don't know rec- well record a podcast basically chat, yeah um that's not a freezing cold park <laughs> which is probably what we're gonna have to do but yeah. anyway tips maybe we we could pay a very small amount of money yeah or just you know maybe there's somewhere you can just like Drink a coffee and then use their facilities. Yeah. Any cl- seriously, just you know, hit us up Instagram. Hit us up just for some friendly something. advice. Not that we'll check it because we're going to be off social media. But yeah, <laughs> write me a letter. You know, yes. send me some Morse code. Yeah, lovely. Um, so, cool. what lies ahead this week? We are. Do we have a guest coming up? I don't know if we do yet. This no. is exciting. No. So we don't know yet. So we can't even give you clues. No, we don't know who's next. No. We've got a few in the pipeline. Yeah, we've got some in November. We're extremely doing. exciting. But we don't know who's next week. We've so. got some actual big names in November. Yeah, we have. We're teasing <laughs> that now. You, you, you will have heard of them. Yeah. You will, you will have time. heard of these ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not that we're doing down any of our previous <laughs> no. guests because they're all great. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, we've got the big guns in. We got them in. <laughs> we've, we've plucked up the courage and then we asked some, some big names. Yeah. yeah. If you know so any big exciting. names that might want to come on this podcast... It doesn't matter what they do. As long as they can refer to something musical during the chat, we'll (laughs) take anyone. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cool. Well, let's let's go. Let's Let's do that. Let's finish the podcast. Thanks for listening. That's been Chris Augustine. Uh, I've been Sir Phil Barr. I've been Verity Simmons. And this is Three in a Bar. Bye. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.